0: That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: Hey there. Welcome to Nick Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Uh, Today, it's Greg Jewett. you likely know him from Reliever Recon. Greg, welcome to the show, and tell everybody everything about yourself, where they can find you, and what you're doing right now.
2: So everything about myself, that's a loaded one, but um, as far as the... Well, as long as Twitter's still alive, it's at G J E W E T T nine. And then, obviously, you, you hinted uh, we went independent not too long ago with the reliever recon launch, uh, trying to uh, just focus on the reliever market. And then, I, in the past two years, I have been considered the closer expert, with uh, quotation marks around it, for the Athletic, uh, and that that's a. In season, pretty much from January on, that's a weekly article uh, that just focuses on relievers and all of the layers that go with it. It's Just such a uh, such a volatile topic that I uh, somehow found my niche in. But here we are.
1: Yeah, I uh, Twitter will exist. I have faith. Um, yeah, and I've, I think people are
2: overblowing it, a lot of this, but yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's a whole other topic I could spend an entire episode on. I think it's fascinating to say the least. I uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where everyone is here and that's always it's the unification of people in one place is so hard to achieve. Mm-hmm. And you know, you remember when the like, Google Circle arrived? And that of course didn't happen, you know, everyone just still stayed on Facebook at the time. But um those those were different days. I I I want to start at the beginning, of course. I mean, I, I do want to get into a touch later on about how you started with Leaver Recon and how it's going at The Athletic and everything like that. And don't ever, quotations, you seeing yourself a closer expert ever again, Greg. It's the reason why I went to you to answer my closer question at First Page Arizona. All right. I had to answer a question my closers. No idea. So Greg, just give me the answer. So I have like the best one for everybody. Um, so yeah, let's start from the beginning, Greg. Uh, where are you from? Where did you grow up?
2: Uh, I, I actually grew up in Syracuse, so I never, uh, I never made it. I was, <laughs> um, never made it out of here. I, yeah, born and raised in Syracuse. Uh, went to college, not too far away at, uh, SUNY Cortland. Um, it's only about 40 minutes down the road. Um, far enough that I could get away from home, but close enough. If I needed something in a pinch, my mom or dad could get it to me. Um, and yeah, that's you know, this been been a lifer. I, I thought I was gonna leave around about I was twenty-eight. Um, mm-hmm. my buddy was moving to Carolina because his whole family was starting their migration there. Like uh his brother went there, got a teaching job, uh, which I was not able to get immediately out of college up here in Syracuse. It was tough. And then um yeah, uh, we were gonna go and then I uh You know, I decided to to stay up here and then, you know, that was back when I was uh, dating Alex's mom and whatnot. And then, uh, yeah, that just kind of kept me here. So luckily I had my son here and, uh, you know, raised him as a single dad from 18 months on. But um, he was, he's what kept me going. So, you know, that's, that's what, uh, that's what fueled, we'll we'll get to the fantasy stuff later, but yeah, that's what kind of fueled all that. So. You know, uh, my present girlfriend, Katie, and I have talked about, you know, when we retire from teaching where we might want to go, if there's still water in Arizona, we would entertain it. You know, I was talking to the guys out there. I'm like, it's such an advantage to be on the West Coast. Like, I go to bed exhausted at midnight and games are still happening. And I wake up in the morning. I'm like, wait, that happened? And it's like, crap, you know. If I was right out, yeah. if I was out west I'd be writing it up by midnight and going to bed i've you
1: know I've thought about that a lot because uh, I'll be so much better because then I go to bed right now I go to bed at like 1 a.m mm-hmm. right because i'm I'm doing all that oh man I'd be done by 10 or so I can actually just start writing it whenever I'd want yep and then I realize but the mornings work on the east coast <laughs> and if I wake up you know if I wake up at like 10 or sorry at eight o'clock in on the west coast that's that's 11 on the East right. coast. So much has happened. Right. The, the energy
2: cycle is already churning. So it's yeah. already
1: 8am Eastern time is like when everything goes. So maybe even you could say seven, you're seven. To, and that's a huge, huge thing. And like by three or four, everything slows down. That's like noon or one on the West coast. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So I can't, I, I can't do it. Not to mention, of course, I mean, I'm never leaving New York. I, I, there's no way. Um, but uh, so, but you're thinking Arizona a little bit. If the water returns, is that right?
2: Well, I, they have the water shortage out there, but at, right, you know, it, it would it would really depend on where we're comfortable and what we want to mm-hmm. do at that point. But um, I can see myself like in somewhere wide open. I was always jealous when I worked with Al Melchior and he was telling me about when he lived in Montana. Uh, Montana, yeah. yeah. There's there's so many different places that I've never. I I don't travel much, so like uh, last year when we went to the, when I went to first pitch for the first time, that was my first time being that far West. Hmm. Like I'd been to new Orleans and I had been to Minnesota, but that was like my first yeah. time really being in that time zone and that side of the country. It was strange for me. I was like, you know, it was cool, but sure. it's so, so have compressed. you been to LA yet? The only time I've been in LA well, I was stuck there in a layover. That was
1: <laughs> so it does not count. No, I learned my lesson in like Chicago just, yeah,
2: this year. I just went from, syracuse to philly to arizona i was like i'm not doing mm. that double double exchange again that's out
1: oh man you oh gosh you've done a double layover before I, yeah. no way would i oh dear
2: i did that last year to save money i was like never again i'll pay the extra yeah. hundred something bucks right and just go
1: to i absolutely hate flying so mm-hmm. uh, i've gotten better I, I used to have so much anxiety about takeoff and landing um and i think for me what really f- like i think fixed it was uh you know just even like turbulence right the whole thing's shaking around and it just feels so terrifying i'm not in control of this aircraft and i don't really know what's going on and just kind of have to believe everything's fine right when everything's saying no i realize that when i'm in a car i don't drive right i i'm i'm often in shotgun and uh, i don't drive because i'm from new york everybody okay uh there's no no reason no reason to here um (laughs) But I, I realized how much the car moves. The car is rumbling along too. And I feel perfectly safe in that. So I was able to associate with it, which means I'm better at flying now. Uh, and maybe I would consider a double layover. It's actually like really cheap. I'm like, eh, I can get reading done. You know, I can, honestly, in JetBlue, it's so easy. There are like all these movies now. I just dial into a movie and then you're there, you know? <laughs> uh, so maybe not so bad. I'll consider it next time. Um. But uh, but yeah, you gotta you gotta stay in New York, okay? It, it's it's not worth it out there. <laughs> New York needs more people like you, even if it's upstate and not in the city. Well, don't don't take Greg Jewett maybe, away from maybe,
2: us. Maybe uh, maybe the Adirondacks. If I had like a, if oh, I had a cabin or something in the Adirondacks, I'd yeah. Be. As long as I had some Wi Fi, I told Kate. I, we tried to do a trip a couple of years ago up there, and there was like one little Wi Fi spot, and I was like trying to always migrate over there to check my. <laughs> to get my NFBC lineup set and this, that, yeah. and she's like, that's not where we're up here. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. but oh, I, I no. have to set those lineups, but yeah. So I, oh. I did a FOB run and my thing didn't go through. And I ended up back then I ended up dropping Jesse Winker, I think. And that was right before he went on his heater. And I did, not I meant oh, to drop no. somebody else. And I was like, oh my God, it took the wrong, whatever. Oh, anyway, I'm so, so sorry. That was, my, that was my terror story in Adirondacks. We still had a good week. Like, you know, i went, you know, kayaking <laughs> and did all the fun stuff. Oh,
1: that so. sounds great. I, uh, it's very calm up there. I have two things I think about with the Anacondas. One, I went there as a kid. It was I just remember like not appreciating it nearly as much. I was a kid mm-hmm. and I was just, "What is this world?" And I, I, you know, it's too cold to go in the water. That's the only thing I'd want to be there for. Um, but the the second is is my dad. It was the same cabin my dad would go to when he was younger, and his friend would had one and he went up there. And it, there's a story of him. Um, going off for a swim and trying to heat himself with a stove. I'm so sorry, dad. And um, trying to get closer to it. And he had his back mm-hmm. facing it. And it wasn't his back that burned um, against the stove. And he had to go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Because he touched it and he was just, oh boy. And like him in the car, like laid face down. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. all I think about it. Oh, Dad, oh man, that's not he won't listen to this. It's fine, y'all. Um, <laughs> uh, but they had, I mean, that's gorgeous. I I, I mm-hmm. can still remember even as a kid how I didn't appreciate it, but it's still in my head. And I think of that memory now, I'm going, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is, and it's just so removed from everything. Um, and I appreciate those moments because I'm in the city, I have the other extreme of being so hyper involved that when you, and I don't like anything in between. I just like either it's big country, you know, just lost in it or moving in a city. Otherwise it's this, what do we do? Like, why am I here? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, it's not, it's not the same for me. So when you were a kid growing up in Syracuse, what were the, the dreams and aspirations of Greg Jewett?
2: Well, first I was going to play for the Yankees, but that didn't come to fruition. (laughs) Um, I kind of decided, I think, in even like junior high, I was like, my parents will always come home from parent-teacher conferences, and the teacher's like, oh, they think you'll be a good teacher. So I kind of
0: internalized
2: oh. that, and I I decided that I was going to be a, a teacher. So um, it, it didn't all go to plan, because on my original destination, I went to Geneseo. Um, but then when I got there, I was only 17. I was an October baby, so I was young. Um, oh until yeah, 18 to right. my freshman year. Um, that was back before they advised you to hold boys back. And yeah. So um, the first couple of classes I went to and the teacher's like, oh, we don't have an attendance policy. And I was like,
1: hmm. all right. Yeah.
2: So I don't have to come to class. And my dorm was like, uh, it was like four girls to one guy in a dorm. So, you know, I'm in this brand new place and I don't have responsibilities. So I figured, you know, high school was pretty easy. I didn't have to go to class. I'll just show up on test days and uh, get my Cs and move on.
1: And uh, Right.
2: Yeah. So I was packing my stuff up in December after failing out, and that was a pretty quiet car ride with my dad. You want to talk about a terrifying car ride? Oh my god. Um, I was the I was the first person on his side of the family to go to college. Oh and wow! I, I lasted three months, so um, I picked myself up off the ground. I went back to the community our local community college. Um, I made up all my stuff. I, I graduated in a year and a half with my 2-year degree, so I did oh, stuff that's in the great. summer, yeah. got all caught up. I was working probably 30 hours a week at the local at the grocery store I worked at in high school, mm-hmm. making extra money and um yeah, so you know, then I went to Cortland and I was literally in line to be a history teacher because I always I had great history teachers in high school, so I'm like I'm going to teach history. And then I was I was right next door to the line for phys ed and I was there and think, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, I like coaching. Um, and then cause then I became, I was like, going to be, I'm going to be the next Billy Martin. Um, I'll be a manager, oh, yeah. not Absolutely. a player. You know, I'm right. going to be a player, look at my body. So I was like, all right. So if I do phys ed, I get my coaching certificate. Plus I don't have to wear a shirt and tie every day. And then the nice thing about phys ed is I can have five of the same, like today I had five classes doing a fitness thing but all five classes are at different levels. So they're not the same class. So I'm like, it's cool. So, all right, I'll do phys ed. I can wear sweats. I can coach. So I switched lines and did phys ed at Cortland, which um, you know just changed the whole trajectory of uh, what happened with me. So that was that. So then, uh, yeah, went to Cortland, got the degree there. Um, on the last year of my teaching certificate, I got the job at um, where I teach now, Christian Brothers Academy. I coached there since 1993. And oh wow! Then, uh, I got the teaching job. Well, I, I got, I started coaching like before I had my official degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, so it all shook out. So that literally was the providence that I got the job teaching there. So then I've been teaching, this is my 21st year of phys ed and uh, I'm still at the same school. So you kind of, you know, Oh man. So you're there. a staple. Yeah, yeah. My son, my son graduated from there as well, so that was Mm -hmm. nice. That was a nice perk. He got to go there for free, even though it's a private school. Yeah, that's wonderful. And that's um, a huge deal. I coached. I ended up coaching volleyball there for 21 years. I coached softball for 15. Um, We won sectionals in both a state title in volleyball, and now I'm I'm coaching the modify, but that's like seventh and eighth grade. But um, Mm -hmm. it's fun because it's the fundamentals. I like teaching the game now. I don't have time for the varsity, the varsity season's far too long. So the, when my son was playing travel hockey, um, the modified fit our schedule better. So I just moved down and, uh, we have fun. So, you know, So what is
1: the modified
2: modified? Like I said, it's seventh and eighth grade. So um, it's like junior high. So I'm giving them the foundation to move up to junior Uh varsity. So, right.
1: I, I, I think that was for us. Is it just middle school? I guess it was just, just a middle, middle school, school baseball team. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't know if there was like modified meant there was something that was. Oh, like no, a there's nothing different. Made. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. just yeah. Okay. yeah just what, <laughs> that's what we call it
2: up here. It might just be junior high or whatever you want to refer. Gotcha. To, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Junior so like, high. That sounds. Yeah. So, that so like, sounds yeah. Right. My baseball, that's when my baseball career ended. I I was supposed to be a baseball prodigy, even though I had the nickname a Spanky growing up because I was the chubby kid. No. Be good at baseball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it ended eventually. But, um, That was a stigma I always kind of carried with me, but, um, yeah, I made seventh grade baseball, did decent. And then in eighth grade, the, um, the coach wanted to teach me a lesson because, um, I, 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 there was a whole thing happened with basketball. I mean, you've seen me in person. I was never meant to be a basketball player, but I got cut from eighth grade basketball. So I tried wrestling for like a day and I was like, wrestling is not for me. No offense. It's a great sport, but it it wasn't, there's no way. Um, yeah. so I quit wrestling and then the, the wrestling coach so happened to be the the junior high baseball coach. So, um, when I came out for baseball in eighth grade, he cut me to teach me a lesson about quitting, which I don't understand what? that lesson. So, um, well, the, the funny thing was, so I, I didn't make baseball. So I went and ran track, lost 20 pounds, no longer was called spanky, but then right. I never played baseball, um, competitively again. Can you believe that? That's... All this time I've spent writing about watching baseball. Um, I stopped playing in eighth grade and because
1: a, a coach had vind- a wanted to be vindicated. Yeah, a vendetta yeah. against you, unbelievable.
2: And then the the funny part. I'll make this quick. Was um, years later, my friend that moved to Carolina. I mm-hmm. I subbed one night on his, you know, slow pitch softball league. Yeah, sure. But, you were the ringer. Yeah. But down there in Carolina, yeah, it was it was big time. I mean, so mm. his third baseman played third base at um at uh south carolina i mean that's d1 yeah you know?
1: that's huge yeah and, yeah
2: so so i had a pretty good game so at the game he comes over he's like hey man where'd you play college <laughs> i was like um, <laughs> i was like i haven't played since eighth grade he was like what oh
1: man and
2: so it was at that moment i realized maybe i made a mistake but i don't know what would have happened but you, you can't oh, change man. those things but it's just funny those ripple effects Yeah, I lost weight and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to run track because I lost weight and I feel better about myself.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's good. Uh, There's so much I can relate to you about here. Uh, I mean, I I quit judo, not wrestling Mm -hmm. after like, I mean, I was six. I was six. It was a first grade or something. I took judo and I didn't really like it. But I remember on like the day that they give you their stripes for the thing. Mm hmm. They listed off everybody except me. Mm-hmm. And then I my, I was like, mom, I didn't get any straps. And so my mom went to the teacher and said, oh, he gets three yellow ones. If you have a marker, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I never did judo again, Fair uh, which is my equivalent to wrestling. Even though, I mean, if we had a wrestling team, I wouldn't have done it for a day. I would have been like, absolutely not. You guys are getting so far low and I'm just like, how do I get down there? I don't I don't know how I would possibly do that one. Um, I feel I feel so bad for you that like you want to play baseball and your coach. like What horrible coach. I've had some terrible coaches in my day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I purposely don't speak their names because I don't want to. I yeah. want to want their name to live in this way. Um, some very nice one. My middle school coaches actually, Phil and Barry, they were wonderful. I really enjoyed them. Um, I still get to see, uh, Phil, uh, Kluger every so often in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, you have a volleyball team that you still coach uh, 13, 14 year olds, I assume then, or maybe it's like 12, 13 year olds. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, between this is 12
2: and 14. So they're, they're high energy and mm-hmm. there's, they far outnumber me. It's I'm coaching the seventh and the eighth grade by myself. So you're talking, we have yeah. 27, um, 27 personalities in the gym for an hour and a half. And then when we have games, yeah. but yeah, there is a it, is it
1: co-ed men's girls. No, it's just, it's women's it's girls. Okay. Just, girls. Uh, I should say boy gets to girls, men's women's. Um, But I, I, I mean, I coach, it's going to be my 10th year coaching 13, 14 year old basketball. It's just wreck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so excited. That the, 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 the tryouts are next weekend and I can't wait. Uh, it's, I haven't done it since pre COVID because, you know, it, oh. it shut down um and so 2000 I actually I came back from first pitch Florida I had to leave it early um which was really annoying because there was going to be something that more and I was excited but no I had, to, I had to take like one of the first flights out because I had my game at five o'clock hmm. that day which the playoffs with the quarterfinals we were like the best team say for one other and this was the quarterfinals right so it's essentially like the one versus the eight seed right mm-hmm. and in like the fourth quarter my team just was choking and they would foul us. We couldn't hit a single free throw. And the other team was just hitting everything and everything. We're up by like 15. We lose uh, at the buzzer. When we have the ball, we try and inbound it. He just accidentally passes to our team. They shoot a three miss. it. guy gets a rebound and puts up a layup and we lose like at the buzzer. And that is the last moment I've coached. <laughs> and that was, that was March 6th, 2020. Oh, wow. And, And, uh, or maybe like March 1st actually, or something like that. And I'm just like waiting and waiting and waiting for another chance to like prove that I'm not that bad of a coach. I swear we won three years in a row before that. Um, but you've been doing it much longer than I have. Um, and I wanted to just pick your brain for a second about, let's say you're in my shoes, you're, or, you know, anyone that is maybe getting into coaching, like what are, your tenants of, of coaching, what are the things that you, you know, insist you do in practice or uh, how you talk to them and, and how you coach? Like, what would you, what kind of advice uh, would you give?
2: Well, older me understands now that um, I have to be much more patient. Um, young, that there was a reason I made the Billy Martin thing. Cause when I first started coaching travel softball, the dads called me Billy Martin. Cause I was volatile yelling at the arms mm. and just like super intense, which is, it's it's cute, but it's not. So um, patience, you know. Um, yeah. every kid's at a different level. Um, and and what I'm trying to do, and in in, in the same age group, is fundamentals. I mean, every day we start practice with the same. I do the same boring stuff. They have to do bumps off a toss. They have to do sets off a toss. They have to do. What I call a hard set where they throw it at you like a soccer overthrow. And yeah, so it's just, we do those same 30 reps every single day. I'm like, once you get done with that, then you can bump and set back and forth. So I know you're done pepper. And then we start rolling through and, and I do, I do variations of the same drills and all I'm trying to do is simulate game action. And I just try and, I try and do stuff through the drills that simulate games. And then, um, at the end, we usually play Queen of the Court, which is like three v three, and they get all excited and they want to be the oh, team yeah. that's the winners, and they and they have fun. But they're always, I remember last year a few times, like how come we never scrimmage like six on six? And I am like, because scrimmaging in practice is boring. And they're like, well, we want to scrimmage. So one day I was like, all right, well, you beat this team. I am like, they were pretty good. I am like, you beat that team. I'll let you scrimmage the next day. So they win. So the next day I let them choose up their scrimmage. I let them, you know, I had two captains. They drafted teams. And they literally played for like five minutes and they looked at me and they're like, coach, this is boring. I was like, well, I, I wish somebody tried to tell you that um, <laughs> they're like, can we play threes? I'm like, yep. And then they went and played threes and had a grand old time. Cause when, right, they, right. when you play the smaller, the three V three, instead of six V six, it, it, it makes you move. It makes you communicate. Yep. And, and it's just more fun. Cause you're trying to cover the whole court with three people and they, they have a blast. So, you know, if you're having fun through fundamentals, then that's what we're, we're trying to do. So, um, you know, when, when game and, and they schedule so many, like I have three games this week. I'm like, it's so goofy. How oh my can gosh. I teach these kids anything with games? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but it's okay. You know, we'll get through it. So I, I talked to the kids about stuff today and then I had a couple of conversations. I, like there was a girl that in practice is fantastic. And then once the ref goes up on the stand, she acts like she can't play volleyball. And I was like, I said, I need, like, I was watching you do stuff. I'm like, I just watched you do everything fundamentally correct. You can bump, you can set, you can spike. I said, but once we put a team on the other side of the net, I feel like you're focusing on, I don't want to make a mistake. And then you're making three. And I was like, I just need you to have fun. I go take this, what you're doing in practice right now, which is fun. And just try and pretend to do the same thing in a game. Just have fun. I'm like, I'm not going to get upset if you miss a ball but I want you to be active and go for it. I mean, you know, just, just play. Right. That's all. I'm like, no one cares. And I, I've, I've tried to say this over and over. I was like, no one's going to ask you if you're on varsity volleyball. Hey, what was your modified record? They don't care. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know right now you think it's a big deal, but you're going to look back on this in a couple Uh, of years and say, I might remember this game, or I might remember that practice. Right. Where I finally learned to hit my overhead serve, or I finally got that spike down, or I did my approach for a quick, that's the stuff you're going to that's the stuff you're going to look back on or the just the fun you know i let them play music at practice and you know the the athletic director's like why do you let them play music i'm like because they move i go when the music's off they like have less energy i don't i can't explain it but this generation really likes they they love music i play music today in the fitness center the kids are bumping out their things they're doing their workouts for 45 seconds what music are you playing um, I put on the Heat channel on Sirius okay. because it plays the hip-hop without the swear words. You oh, know, there I, you go. I teach at Christian Brothers Academy. I can't be having,
1: <laughs> I can't be having F-bombs dropping. Hey, in the, you guys in the, know that I approve of this. Oh, I, I understand okay. that.
2: So, and I tell the kids, I'm like, I'll let you listen to what you listen to, but it's got to be on my terms. So yeah. I said, we play this channel, and it, you know, so they're, they're okay with it. There was a couple of songs today. They all started singing along, so... I'm like, honestly, this is a popular song right now. I have no idea yeah, yeah. what it is, but they were, you know. They, they oh, I feel it. so it old,
1: fun. Greg. I feel so old. I do too. I, they I, don't want to listen I'm, to my
2: playlist, but it's okay.
1: Uh, so. I, I I, bet I won't know a single one. I mean, this is also like, since I was a kid, I was always like, I want to play classic rock. I want to listen to grunge and everything. All my friends were, but so I, I still, I grew up with, I still so. stayed on top of it, you know? Yeah. And then as I go, oh, I'm like, why? <laughs> why do I need to do that anymore? I'll just listen to all my guitar music. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, those are those are great things. So, yeah, it reminds me of I remember another coach telling me that every practice there should be a game. The kids should always, especially in the rec league, you know, they should always have fun in it. Um, and if they're not enjoying themselves being there, they don't have to be there, you know, like they should want to be there every time. So you should always have something that's enjoyable and they feel good. And it feels lively, you know? Um, and that's a really good point about like full on scrimmages and stuff. It is boring. And three on three is so good. Uh, mm-hmm. cause it makes every person get involved. It's more intense. You can make them shorter so that they can move them around quickly. Yeah, you, know, you can make a three on three like first to two or something like that or whatever you yep. want and then just move it on. Yep. I, I think, think that's, that's great. said a lot. I'll cap
2: like uh in my 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 juniors and seniors are playing volleyball right now. And mm-hmm. I do have one group, so they 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 went to six teams of like three or four people, and it's so much yeah. better because it spreads out the court. And then right. um so they play games straight eleven and then there's like three courts, so the top courts, the the top gun one. So if you get to the top and you keep it, then I give them the hundred for the day, um, right. but they, you know, they get after it and they're, you know, they, they talk smack and they're just, they're right. just moving and going.
1: And that's all I want. If if they're yeah. moving, I'm happy, man. I might, I might also take your advice on the music thing. Uh, I think that's a really good idea. I have it my assistant coach is, uh, well, was for three years. Keep in mind, this was eighth and ninth grade. So I had a kid I coached for, um I coached way back in my first year when he was younger and then I moved up mm-hmm. and then he joined and I that league after and then I I uh, coached him for two years and then he became my assistant coach for three years when he was still in high school mm-hmm. That's and nice. then he went to college and now he just re- now he just graduated <laughs> so now he's out of he's like an adult now mm-hmm. and he's going to be my assistant coach I haven't seen him for three years I'm so excited I'm gonna see him on Sunday um and I'm gonna be like all right Malcolm Play the music, like figure it out. We're going to play music now. He's like, what? All right. Yeah, I guess, yeah it's like you don't right. have to
2: have it on all the time. Because there's times I have to talk and coach. But, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know.
1: All right. During during your the
2: boring fundamental stuff, like when they're doing their 10 passes off, of, you know, yeah. go ahead. And like today, the, they were playing Christmas music, which I don't agree with. But hey, it is what it is. They, oh, you don't, you don't agree playing Christmas moving. music I on uh,
1: November 14th.
2: Yeah, there's there's a, there's it's a little, too early it's for you, Greg. Be, yeah, there's a lot to be said for when they're just singing and moving
1: versus um going through the motions during a drill, you know. It is never too early to be excited for something. <laughs> let the joy breathe, Greg. If they yeah, if they want yeah, to yeah, this, yeah. to listen to Christmas songs right now and and watch Christmas movies on Netflix and everything, let bless them. That's wonderful. I'm so happy that they get excited by it. Don't, let, don't, don't shrivel that. Don't, I don't. didn't. I just I'd let him play it. <laughs> <laughs> I had um, those the, thoughts were in my head. I didn't uh, verbalize them. I have a couple other things I do want to mention, but first we do have to take a very quick yep. break.
0: When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. And based on a sample of 4,272 Numers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: Okay, so uh, a little bit more just about the coaching part. Um there have been things along the day, you mentioned routine too, but like, hey, this is what we do every day or so. Absolutely. Uh, I I think it's, there's so many interesting things you can do to like institute tradition inside of a team that from the get-go, if you just say this is what we're doing, it will it will link in quickly because the the players will like that they have a thing that they do together, you know? So for us, it's just like a layup line. They always do a layup line. They always do this amount. Then they do this and they do this, you know, and that's mm-hmm. always the beginning of everything. My team is always the first on the court and I don't need to tell them anything by like the third or fourth game. They're just doing it already. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's important. Also, it's nice that I'm, I'm not a dad. Uh, everyone else is a dad as a coach in this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, instantly I'm six foot four. They think I can dunk. I can't dunk. <laughs> so... Um, it makes it it makes it a lot easier, and having that routine and stuff in game as a coach. Instead of you know, you learn not to yell at refs anymore. I'm proud of you for that. I still kind of do it because my kids will yell at them, and I need to get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can. I'll I, I'll take care of this. I know Frank. I know Pete. I know those guys. I hope it's still them now. I uh, how are you? Like what what suggestions do you have in game being a coach?
2: Uh there's going to be days where the kids are off. Like that's, you know, when you were telling me yeah. you, your team got upset there, I mean, they're kids. I mean, part of the, part of coaching them is, you know, there's going to be days they're not there. Um, right. And, and, and if you just recognize it, you know, sometimes you can plug holes by putting a different kid in and seeing if they catch a spark. Um, but, and in timeouts, I try and keep things succinct. Uh, there's usually, when they come in for a timeout, I, there's usually three points. Uh, I'll try and say, "Okay, we need to we need to do this, we need to we need to we need to get the ball to target and run the offense, and we need to clean up the serves." And then I let them clear their heads for a minute. They know whatever on three, and then they go off into the sunset. If they come mm-hmm. in, I'm trying to talk to them for a straight minute about everything that I want to fix. Within right. that, it's just they're going to be the timeout ends and they're looking at me like what? So I, I just try and bang, bang, bang. Yeah. A, B, C, this is what we need to clean up. Do this, do this, do this, and you'll be fine. And then I always try and end on a positive. So like a lot of times if the other team calls timeout, they're trying to break up like my server. So yeah. if if my kid's going out to do the serve, I'll, I'll be like, all right. So when you get out there, watch for them to dump the ball, to try and get momentum back. I'm like, after Grace makes the serve, be ready for this. You know, I try and plant the seed. So it's like, so yeah. you could say, hey, after so-and-so makes the free throw, we're going to run the press or do whatever right, we're doing. Right, right. You know, I, I always try and walk them out with something that's... And I don't want the kid thinking, I can't go miss this serve because coach called timeout. I'm always like, after you make the serve, we're doing this. Oh, yeah, right. That's good. About, oh, I like that. I want them thinking about what
1: what's right. going to happen correctly, not what could go yeah, wrong. That's a really good... I like that. After you make this, not say you're going to make this. It's saying after you right. make this. Yeah. That language is really good. Love that. Um, I try to... I try as best as I can to be less of everybody. Something I, uh, if I call a timeout, often it's it's just to you know I want to fix one thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. or I like slow momentum, sure and stuff. But I'm always winning, so it's. Uh, so <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, it, about targeting one thing per person. So if I call a timeout. I'm telling something to the point guard. I'm telling something to guys in the wings. Either it could be just like you're doing great with this. I, you know, you're doing wonderful. You don't keep doing what you're doing, right? Um and to me, games are, you know, that that's where I really get to them. Those are the little teachable things. Mm-hmm. Hey, when he's when he's coming off of that elbow, you need to shuffle one extra step over early to make him cross it over to the middle or something like that, right? Um, those little adjustments. And then they make it and I shout. In the next possession like great job as they go down or something like that to me is all of it for the most part just support make tell them the thing that they do they will get practice at it recognize it when they do it and then just go great and that's it mm-hmm. you've, you've done it's <laughs> you move on to the next thing right yep um ah man it didn't really sink into me greg until this like how close i am to coaching again Anyone really, it doesn't matter what situation you're in. I'm sure in your local community that everyone needs more coaches, more volunteer coaches. I guarantee mm-hmm. you do it. Yeah, unless it is so rewarding. I cannot express it enough. They'll be lucky to have you. You'll feel weird about it at first. You will screw up. I keep screwing up. I'm sure Greg doesn't, but I do. No. Really, really no jump into perfect. it. I think it's wonderful. Um, so I want to want to transition uh, in from here you are, you have this, this great situation going. Um, and uh, you talked to me about your uh, your son being involved uh, as well. What was he playing? What is, uh, you know, was he playing a volleyball as well? Oh, no, 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 he he um he was following a baseball path
2: and I was a little jealous. He was playing mm-hmm. for like a travel team up here called Sports Zone. Um, they were pretty good. Um, he was a very good hitter. Um, he was, you know, he was a good ball player. Uh, I enjoyed watching him play, but, um, at age 13, um, he, you know, it was, it was baseball and hockey were his main two. And after, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm not independently wealthy, so he can only do one travel sport. And so after 13, the season was okay, but you know, he was like, dad, I, you know, I think I'm more passionate about hockey. And I was blown away that my 13 year old could look internally and say, you know what, I want to make a change. So he's like, I'd rather pursue hockey, uh, as hmm. far as travel than, uh, than the baseball. So I was like, okay. And it's tough because in Syracuse, if you're playing what they call house hockey, that's, that's not travel. Um, that's, it's less expensive. You get less ice time and you get like a half of ice for practice instead of the full rank. Oh, wow. So the kids okay. that play travel get a little more, they get yeah. coached up more. So to, to do it at 13 was a tough transition, but we, we did mm-hmm. it. Um, and he got cut from a couple of the first teams he tried out for. And that's part of the, that's part of the travel game. Um, but then, um, st- stupid dad <laughs> without any realization, I signed him up to do a Hamilton college camp. And I just thought it was like, you know, I coached volleyball camp there years ago. And right. I was, I was like, oh the hockey kids, it's cool. They get to skate, whatever. Yeah. So, I signed him up. He he was um, a freshman, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't really think so, about oh, the man. birth year thing. So, anyways, so I'm I'm going to drop him off for the summer camp, and um, you know, it's, he was going to be overnight by you know, staying with roommates in the room, which was cool, at Hamilton College, and we we get in there to get in line for registration, and the guy in front of us is wearing a Massachusetts State Champ T-shirt, and I was like, uh-oh, what did I? <laughs> What did I do here? So oh, come no. to find out that the camp, you know, it could be up to 20 year olds because that's oh my the gosh. age out year in hockey. So I had my, my 14, <laughs> my 14 year old signed up oh in this camp, God. but um, it, it worked. So at, again, Providence. So he, he did okay. He, the first day was a little fast on um, the second day. He got a goal and his team went bananas cheering for him. Cause he was like, oh, the youngest. Great. he was yeah, the second right. youngest guy there. Oh my God. Of the whole camp. So you're talking six teams of like 20 guys yeah. that were up to 20 years old. Um, so anyways, during one of the games, my sister, the next day she called me. She's like, I don't know. She's like, somebody kept talking about Alec up in the crowd. I'm like, whatever. And this is probably a highlight and maybe my worst parenting moment ever. So the, <laughs> the one of the teams in Syracuse called the Syracuse Stars. And it was like a team that, you know, Alec always dreamed about being a part of. Uh-huh. Um, they had a scout at that at Hamilton, so when we got home on um, on Sunday night, on Monday he was at his mom's house, and the scout called up and he said, "Hey, you know, I liked what you did at at the uh, Hamilton camp. Would you be interested in in playing for the Stars?" Now, I mean, this is a big jump, so I mean, it's it's. Um, I think back then it was about five thousand a year to be on the team. Uh-huh. You know, to yeah. cover travel and the coaches right, fees right, right. and whatever. Um, so that's much different than when I was paying like 750 for house. So I'm a, I'm a processor. So when you tell me something, I need to like chew on it and then I can react accordingly. Right. Um, unfortunately my son needed me to be excited dad and I was rational dad. So he called me on Monday and he's like, dad, dad, the stars call me. They want me to play and, and all of these things. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, I was like, that's gonna be really expensive. I'm like how are we going to make this work instead of just being like, yes, Alex, yes. I love yeah. you. This is so right, cool. Right. I can't right. believe you did it. That's what he needed. And I was practical yeah, dad. Yeah. And that, that's one moment. I, I wish I could go back and just be like, hmm. Oh my God. Yes. I go. I knew it. I believe in you. You know, I told him all those things later, but at that moment he like the other end of the phone went silent. Cause he was like, you know, I thought you'd be more excited. I'm like, I truly am excited, but I'm also daunted by, how we're going to come up with this extra money, you know? Right. So I was focused on the money and not on the opportunity. And that was, yeah. that was something I, I could never get back. But, um, he played two years with the stars, his senior year of high school. Um, he decided to, he signed with a team down in, um, in, in, uh, Boston in the EHL. He played with the junior Rangers down there. It's a very good program. Um, unfortunately that was COVID years, so almost, Sort of like you, they were like. I think they only had four losses in the regular season, and then when the playoffs started, that's when COVID hit. Ah, oh. so he didn't get the because the that their championship was going to be at Providence, yeah. so they're all excited. Oh. they're going to play at Providence College, and oh, that's and then so COVID tough. hit. So my my he came back to Syracuse, and he went to high school for one day because he did his stuff online until. Yeah. So he came to high school for one day, and then that was the first case of COVID in New York in Syracuse. So then we were closed on Tuesday. So he went to one in-person day of high school, his senior year. Oh my year. gosh. And he lost his baseball season too. So not only did he lose yeah, the the hockey thing, um, the year after he played for a team in New Hampshire. And then this past year he played, he started with a team in Maine and then the team went under. So um, he, he was able to catch on with one of his former teammates from the stars and played with a team in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which was tough, but um, just because when he was with the Stars, and even when he played on the teams in um, in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, I was at most or all of the games. Like they always called me a Hockey Dad because I was always there. Like all these <laughs> other dads, whatever. I sacrificed. I would stay in hotels. I would go to the games and, and oh, I would just great. be there. Um, but when he was in Fort Wayne, that just wasn't going to happen. Um, yeah, I did see his last like full game he played in the playoffs. Um, I took a train on Saturday night at like 10 and 10 in the evening all the way out to Fort Wayne. So it was kind of good. I slept most of the way and then I woke up at 8 AM in Fort Wayne and he picked me up the train station. I got to watch him play that game. Um, we have pictures of it. And then unfortunately they got upset the next week and they had a chance cause I was like, all right, next weekend you guys win and I'll see you at nationals. And then they got upset. Um, and So that I watched his hockey career end on TV. So I just wept like a baby at home. Oh. Um, and uh yeah but that those are 5 years i would never trade and yeah the fact that he's um decided not to play anymore um mm-hmm. just made it all the more you know all those little trips like stopping at a greasy diner we would, I would always find these little hole in the wall places with great food for low prices and taking his teammates out to dinner. And yeah, those, and those are the memories wonderful. that we can never, yeah. ever take away. So yeah, absolutely. So this year has been tough cause I'm used to running around and I'm like, so what do I do on the weekend? So two, <laughs> of the, two of the girls I coach on volleyball, play hockey. So I was mm-hmm. asking them to tell you, I'm like, Hey, let me know when your next game is. I might stop by.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I mean, that, yeah, that's kind of the appeal of, of coaching basketball too, it's like, well, it's baseball off season. It's perfectly done, or it ends in March, early March, and then great. Mm-hmm. Now you know, what do I do on the weekends when you don't have to write an SP roundup? Well, I coach basketball. You know, <laughs> um, those that that sounds wonderful though. I mean, I'm really happy that you had this medium too to be able to connect with your son, um, and uh, yeah, and give him the support that he needed um, as well as which is really really wonderful.
2: Yeah, the, the last season was tough and we kind of talked about this off air, but he he suffered a concussion in Maine. Um mm-hmm. and then when he got out to Fort Wayne, like a month, a month and a half later, he had a second concussion. And that really that oh, that man. that was another yeah. part that really spoiled his last year. And which yeah. is why he decided because he he could have played at a couple of different colleges and he also had a couple of like uh like to play in the Fed League, but you know, that's a mm-hmm. low entry professional um but the fed league would be like playing a slap shot and he was like right. dad i'm not gonna with the two concussions it's 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 yeah, just time it's, and you know the, the no second joke. one really sent him into a downward spiral um not only uh, like my career's kind of ending in this fashion um he had a, he had a little bit of uh, and he shared it with me the um, battles with you know slight depression and stuff that happened yeah. during that as a as an after after effect of all that and that's something that unfortunately he's probably going to have to deal with um, through his adulthood, which, right. which is oh, tough, which is I'm tough. so sorry. No, it's
1: okay. Um, he, he I don't... and
2: as Matt, when we talked about the reflections, he wrote a thing that he eventually we're going to clean up, but he wants to use it as one of our reflection articles. He wrote about his concussions and trying to be the tough guy and skate off the ice instead yeah. of getting the help he needed at that moment. And, You know to just tell kids you know if you get the concussion it it is something you need to pay attention to it's not like oh i just got a concussion i'll get the smelling salts and and get back out there you got to be smart with these things
1: yeah it's um i think i've had i think i've had i've had at least one um i know for a fact i think i i'd likely had two in my day um i'm also i don't know if i've mentioned this before uh, I also have a history of fainting, actually, hmm. uh, which I'm not ashamed about. It's just something that I've had through my days, uh, that I'm aware of. Um, so I, I'm I'm not. Uh, I understand a lot of the uh, of what goes into it, and it's terrifying. And I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I got one in Australia <laughs> when I was uh, I was on like a one of those trips you do as a kid for a month or so and uh we were traveling between our campsite and uluru aries rock halfway in between a middle of nowhere like the true outback alice springs of uh, of australia and we stopped to just we had sandwiches we we're just gonna eat set up a little thing we we're playing two-hand touch football mm-hmm. um, like on rock essentially just like kind of like messing around like whatever it was it was like sandish rock and i was running away from someone I was like getting blitzed by the person and i tr- I tried to move to my left so i i slipped and i fell over and hit my head mm. and i remember it was more terrifying for everybody else because mm. <laughs> i mean i'm just you know i'm not aware what's going on and then everybody is seeing me there i i i always i can't help but always reflect of like what was i like before and after that um I don't know. I mean, that's already, I was 14 mm-hmm. or so. I mean, I was uh, a year regardless of what happened. I would have been very different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, another time I was playing football stupid. I was, I thought I had an interception and ran collided straight into somebody, just looking at the mm-hmm. ball, just too in touch in the park. I stopped playing football. Everybody football shouldn't exist. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, it's a it, football shouldn't exist because of all the concussions you don't hear about. Right. But it is a real thing. And, um, you know, it's just more in the whole tune. I, I mean, I, I think I've been. Uh, it's been wonderful to see the outpouring of mental health awareness over the past just five years, even. I mm-hmm. uh, that was not present when I was a kid. No, no, I, um, I wish I, it had been. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm officially diagnosed as having anxiety now. Uh, and I didn't even know I had that until like tw- 29, 30 years old, and it just explains so much. And oh, there would have been ways to, to help with that. And it would have helped many things and it's fine. I'm okay. I was able to, you know, uh, figure out my own solutions for, for a lot of it, but there's so many more people that have something way worse than that, or Mm -hmm. that don't, you know, it's such a thing. It's such, it's, it's shocking to me as if it's, Uh, it's it's such a stigma and it's a, it's a shame or something. It's not, it's so normal. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear the effect it's had on your son. Um, and, uh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear at least it sounds to me as if he doesn't treat it like a stigma of any kind. Uh, I mean,
2: I, When he was in Fort Wayne, he went and saw a therapist on his own. I mean, fantastic. That's that's more guts than I ever had. That's wonderful. Really, I'm probably, I'm sure I've gone through um, episodes whether it was depression or anxiety myself, um, and I've never had the guts to go see somebody about it, which I probably should have in the past. But I'm in a much better place now, um, with him being at peace and, and being with Katie. But there, there was times in my, I'm sure that. I would just stay home and play yeah. baseball and stay in my, cause no one can <laughs> hurt me if I'm, cause the days he was at his mom's was when I would always, you know, like focus on writing. So like, you know, sure. You know, I would just hide in my little bubble and just write fantasy baseball and, and just let the world be
1: outside. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a whole thing to be said about, well, therapists cost like a hundred dollars or so an hour and it's not, uh, healthcare needs to change. Okay. um, mm-hmm we need to make sure that people have that and also have professionals that are good enough at it too. Yes. Um, man, there's so many things we need good people for. (laughs) Uh, and we, and this is certainly one that we need to give a lot of attention to, but I'm just going to stop talking about all of that. I, and you mentioned writing about fantasy baseball, what a wonderful segue. So that's, you know, you do that a lot now. What was the first time that you jumped into the field?
2: Uh, my Nando Defino story. So um, Chris, he's a graduate of Christian Brothers Academy. I, I did not teach Nando, but I taught his brother and sister. Hmm. Um, so anyways, when his sister, I think, was a junior or senior, his mom must have heard me talking about fantasy baseball or whatever. So she left the book Fantasyland in my mailbox at school. So I took it home and I read it in about a day and a half. Um, and then I was like, I found out about this Nando character. I mean, I, I knew who Nando was, but I didn't know him, know him. So right. when I saw Mrs. DeFino, I was like, Hey, I can't believe Nando did all this. I'm so jealous. I'm like, can you get me in touch with them? So, um, I emailed him and he's like, Oh my God. How, I mean, he, he was at CBA when I was coaching volleyball. I just wasn't teaching at that point. Um, but he knew a lot of my players and this, that and the other. So anyways, um, he got me linked up with uh, these young guys that were running their own site called Roto analysis. And, um, they, they let me do some freelance and I started doing a bunch of articles and then I just got all into it. And those guys were all starting to do college and getting busy with their majors and they had less time to devote to the site. So it almost became like me and uh, another guy named Tim King. We were kind of rolling out most of the content. Um, they would just edit it for me and, you know, I made some mistakes early on. They would help me fix it. But, it wasn't like you know perfect and then um <clears throat> tim got an offer to write for fan rag back then when they burst out oh, yeah, the and right. then um he's like hey you know i told him if I, i'll come if you come with me so i was like oh wow well, that's pretty cool so we both went to and that's where by working at FanRag, i got to know al melchior um and a couple of other good people and um you know fan rag fed into my writing you know i i love putting out content so they would pay, like, I think it was $15 a column. So I was just, like, popping them out as fast yeah, as I could right, to get right. those $15. You know, writing for free is one thing, but I was getting $15 for an article. This is great. Sure. Um, and, so, and then once, you know, Al would have me on the show with them and things of that nature. So that's how um, that grew. And then when fan Rag went under, I was kind of at a crossroads. I was like, am I going to keep trying to do fantasy stuff, or should I just, you know, take my win from getting paid and, and walk away? And, um, I wrote out, I, I wrote, a. I sent an email out to Spore and I sent one to, um, uh, Howard Bender from fantasy alarm. Cause I had done some stuff with fantasy alarm, but I didn't, I was like on the, on the update desk and that was talk about anxiety beyond the yeah, update right. desk during the NBA. Whew, no way. So oh, wow. anyways, I quit doing that, but, um, they, they both took me back. Well, not took me back. Um, Spore hired me and Al to do the, um, closer chart things that the closer updates so i had i think tuesday and saturday and al Mm -hmm. al had like three days and somebody else did a couple um so that got me back that got me back in the door a different couple of different other sites had me doing closers already so that was just a natural transition and that's when i started doing the charts when i was doing them for free was to keep me in tune so when i did my stuff for graphs, so I was dialed in. It wasn't like something yeah. would happen on Saturday. I'm like, oh my god, how did this happen? I, by doing yeah, right, it every right, day, right. I was like, oh, I got it. Um, talk about routine. And then, yeah. you know, I I'd had a pretty good run at Fantasy Alarm, but um, you know, I was starting to. It was like I was doing some DFS and other things, and it wasn't my passion. Like I don't mind mm-hmm. DFS, but it wasn't like I didn't I didn't care about writing an article about the the three hitters you should target on some Sunday afternoon slate. It just didn't get sure. my juices flowing. Um, so, so at the end I was like, um, actually Aaron and Nate that are with me at really they they're like, you know, people will pay for your charts. I'm like, no one's going to pay for my charts. I put them out for free. They're like, they're like, people will pay for them. I was like, so then we started talking and then I got, uh, the bullpen guru and, um, Eric Simulski because of his great work with videos. And I was like, all right, listen, if we do this, I want the four of you with me and we're going to do it right. I'm used to doing content. So that's not an issue. Um, and we'll we'll roll this out and see what happens. So um, Reliever Recon was born. I gave my notice there. And then, you know, in the middle of all of that, um, Nando came back around with the offer to write for The Athletic to be their closer expert, which I won't put in quotations anymore. And um, thank you very much. And so that's I've done two years of that. And then Reliever Recon is in its second year. And then, you know, I got I was, I, 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 literally cried in my office when I got the email from Jeff Erickson about tout because, you know, I know some people take it for granted, but when you're an independent working your tail off, yeah and you finally get recognized like at that sort of a thing. I, I was in my office crying and somebody was like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm happy, but <laughs> well, yeah, so, Jeff, so, so Jeff Erickson like followed was, me back and then he was DM'd 2020 me the or
1: 2021 your first year.
2: Uh, this well i've only been in two years so 2020 okay 2021 well we've been in the so
1: same league i think for both of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah yeah but
2: i've we've never been in person both years have been online which stinks
1: oh wow. right I, I i mean my first year 2020, so you've never I, been in was 2020 and i i was i was looking forward to it so much it was and yeah. they were coming to new york i didn't have to you know right right uh if it, if like COVID happened like three weeks later <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. I, i've never done a live auction before I we Ah. used to in my
2: home league and that's what started me in all this. So
1: Ah, there you go.
2: And and the funny thing was that the home league, the closers every year, everybody would be bidding like thirty dollars. I'm like, I'm not paying thirty dollars for a closer. So I would I would grind all season long to find the guys. So and then that's what
1: it is it's just weird how all of the things just Well well that's interesting. That you know, that would I would think benefit you. Is it where are they spending their money on the thing that you're best at? Great. That means you can spend less mm-hmm. to get something more value out of it relative to other people, which means you can spend more money on the thing that you don't really... I mean, yeah. not to say that you're not an expert in everything of it, but it's yeah. not your that strength. Happened to me,
2: that happened to me in TGFBI this past year. I was in the league with Dalton Del Don and um, mm-hmm. Scott Genstad. Um, and then Ben Tid, who had like an unbelievable year in NFBC. He was in my TGFBI league. And um, Drew from Common Sense Fantasy... I mean... Stacked, and right. everybody in there was just loading up on closers. So I was like, "It's like okay." So all I took right. Romano, and then I pieced it together. I still came in third and saves, but I'm comfortable doing that. Other people can't do those. sorts
1: So, of things. so here's the thing, you know, um we just got to find our hitting guy, Greg, because <laughs> the three of us will take down NFBC. <laughs> I all I ask is that I don't have to actually be the one to set up the Fab bids on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will be there to consult and tell you the ones that I would go with and everything like that every week. But I. Uh, but that's my role in this, mm-hmm. in this party, um, that we'll set up. We'll figure this out. We'll make it happen. <laughs> you don't <laughs> need me. Wow. Um. I but I. Uh, you know but anyway. So you start. You started with Lever Recon. When was this? In twenty twenty or twenty twenty
2: one? Um. We started in October of last year.
1: Okay. We put
2: out some oh, free content and then yeah. we, we went live in November. I mean, fantastic. and it's, but I mean, today's the 14th. I've already between me and Aaron, we've already posted a team. A, we do a year in review just to kind of look back on what happened to kind of sure. yeah. set the tempo for next year. So we've already put out one a day in November. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a cough. I've done two coffee enclosures. I went on Sunday. I went through just kind of like the early ADP fused in with the, the steamer projections and it's just fun. I'm like, just yeah. use the steamer projections for what they are right now. It's just a baseline just right. But you know, and, and, um, Rob silver and I were talking and I know we were talking at one of the games and you know, he's like, watch what happens with haters ADP when steamer comes out and everyone realizes that Josh haters, Josh hater and not yeah. the person who had a one month, um, Bad results, disaster. Yeah, going through going through a very complicated birth of his child. Right, being traded from the only organization he's been with for all those years from Milwaukee. I mean, I mean, Milwaukee's at at the end of the year, guys. I mean, at the when the trade happened, guys like Devin Williams were like, "Why are they trading Josh Hader?" I mean, that that took a part of that team away. I mean, that was. You know, you, you can't understand what happens till you remove somebody from that situation. Sure, right? yeah, right. So with everything he was going through, it just he needed time to just heal. I mean, right. I you know when I got divorced, that year was probably the worst year I coached. I was not a good person. Sure, yeah. You know, you're going through stuff, and yeah. I think Josh Hader did that. And now you know people are like, oh wait a minute, in the playoffs he's hitting 100 miles an hour, which he doesn't normally do. He's 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 free and happy. So you yeah. Know, yeah. So anyway there's, stuff, there's stuff so like many that. things yeah. that go on that we don't understand, but yeah.
1: Right. Alex, think fast has arrived in the Nick and Nick Pollock and friends show. Um, but I, uh, and, and what are your, you know, what are your goals and aspirations for it? Uh, you know, it, when you're doing this, um, is there another step that you want to be reaching that you're, you're, you're chasing right now? Is it more of the same?
2: No, I'm, I'm, I'm too old to do this full-time. I don't <laughs> think that's, you know, I, I, you never you know. know. At a point I thought I wanted to do this full time, mm-hmm. but you know, I then at the same token then you sit down with your financial planner and he's like, Well you'd be crazy to retire before this point because you know, with the health benefits and things I would receive, if I if I teach ten more years, I it'd be it'd be bad of me not to do it unless I right, won sure. some unless I won some sort of big bonk of money that I didn't need to teach, that'd be a different thing. Um
1: I'll talk to some people for you, Greg. Yeah.
2: I, I am I'm very happy with where I am as far as the right. I mean, you know, it's, it's tough. Like I was very nervous when I quit fantasy alarm because it's like, all right, that's, that's money every month. And sure. I know I have a place to write, um, and to go out and do the recon on my own. It was, it was, uh, it was a leap I never would have taken. And I give my son credit for that because him and Katie, my, my girlfriend right now, we've been dating almost three years. They were both like, do it. You know, it's, it's time. They're like, you're not happy. Go you know right yeah uh, do it and and like i said i I never planned on it being as successful as it was um but here we are so you know it's and and it's funny because everybody wants more rankings because of you Um, (laughs) rankings existed way before i showed up greg not with the volume but anyways I, i i'm like i'm not a big rankings guy it's like okay so if i put this reliever at number 15 and this reliever at number 19, that means he's the better fit for your team. Not necessarily, but people, um, Aaron said it best to me. He's like, he goes, Greg, people want fish tacos. They don't want a fishing pole. Like I like it to be a fishing pole. I'm like, Hey, I want to, yeah. Right. I talk about the leverage ladders. <laughs> I like the way. Yeah. What innings they're in. I like he that.
1: Like, he goes, oh. They just want to fish. They don't they want just to, learn to how be able to look fish. at the thing yeah. and go, okay,
2: Greg likes this guy better. So I'm adding, right. Like, yeah. That drives me crazy, but that's it's where it drives you?
1: me crazy too. <laughs> it, it drives me absolutely insane. The I think the funniest thing that I, I've had experience wise with like my rankings and stuff is a Twitch user said during like my me making my rankings, I do it every week on on Twitch, right? In season, said, Hey, where do you have this guy? Or I think it was like, where do you have Shane Bieber? And I said, I, I think it's like right now it's at like, like twenty one. I don't know if that's going to stick or so. He goes, well, is it going to be above this other guy? I'm like, yes. And he goes, thank you. And I'm like, yeah. well, why? Wait, wait, wh- why? Because, oh, I bet my buddy $50 that he'd be above this guy on your list this week. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but it doesn't matter. Like, this guy and this guy, like, they're pretty much the same. Like, it, does, you know, they're in the same tier. Somebody needs to be above somebody. But it doesn't mean that he's definitely better or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you just... You know, when you when you go out to dinner and you have to order something on the menu, it doesn't mean that that's necessarily the best thing on the menu. It's just like, I guess I well I'll have that today. You know, mm-hmm. like they're all great. Um, yep. It's so funny to me. And like uh,
2: people just want them. They want to go. Oop, yeah, Oop, they want to know the thing and do, you know, like, feel, have some sort of that's good confirmation
1: bias at times. Often, I. Uh, but hey, all right, I'm I'm happy to serve, and I'm sure you are too. I. Uh, Oh, that cracked me up. Um, like oh god, now I'm gonna be like involved in betting. this is great. Uh, like hey next time DM me first so I can ensure that you win your50 dollars. no I, I would never compromise the list everybody please. <laughs> uh, yeah what is um you know what were your ex- expectations? I mean you started a patreon is what it is patreon.com slash recon. go sign up and support Greg and the crew. Uh, what expectations did you have for it when you started?
2: Um, part of it was just to prove that we could do it. You know, I, I wasn't sure that people would be so in tuned with, um, relievers, but the, the nice thing is, is, um, bullpen guru, he, he does like a daily stream thing and it's, but mm-hmm. it's so good. Um, a, a reader like tracked his results and yeah. he w- he would put out like, all right, if you're looking for a cheap win today, these are the couple of relievers that are going to take over for a guy who might not go five innings. I mean, he's dialed in. If you're in like a Yahoo head to head league, I mean, he's worth the description alone. If you're somebody, streams, Um, you know, and I do my closer chart updates every day. So I update the charts on the Google docs, but I also do like a long form like thing. So like if I see a guys like when Camilo Duvall was, Throwing a sinker all of a sudden in August, which he hadn't done all season, mm-hmm. and then he started getting better results. It's like, so I can do a little long form, like, hey, Camillo's Camilo doing the it ball. But, there you go. But then, but then it also, you know, when I'm doing it again, like I say, when I do it day to day, so when I, I don't want to call it lazy, but I feel like sometimes when people are like, oh, send in questions, it's like they don't know what to write about. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that. That's how I like. There's a couple times like I don't know what to write about, so like, oh, let's put it to the reader questions, and I'm like. Well, I don't really this. This is easy to answer, so I'm like, I'm just gonna. So by doing the stuff, I I I'm able to stay dialed in on day to day things. So like when Kimbrell's falling apart, or you know every year Kenley Jansen goes through a blip where everybody's ready to throw him out as closer, and then he finishes the year strong. And right. you know th- there's all these things, and then it just gives me what I want to write about every Tuesday for poor Nando or Brando Funston who has to edit the Leviathan I turn in every week. I mean, God bless <laughs> the people who read my art. I mean, the stuff on the athletic, I mean, it's, it's long. I mean, I, right. when I turn them in. It's usually with all my pictures and things and charts and yeah. everything, it ends up being like, it's like a 15 page document I'm sending
1: into these poor guys. <laughs> um, and I'm sure everybody loves it. Um, but but Greg, uh, thank you so much for spending all of this time uh, talking to me, getting to understand you way better uh, I've enjoyed this early and also indulging me with all my coaching stuff. Oh, um,
2: I'll talk coaching any day of the week, and right. I appreciate you That's having me best. on and getting to know about you as well. I mean, this is cool. I mean, it's one thing to see each other first. Pat, you know, I feel I love first pitch, but I feel like it's so like compressed and action packed. And then, like even my, I was on a panel Saturday night. Yeah. And like, I literally had to do the Irish goodbye. Like my Uber was pulling in. I stood up for my panel. I'm like, all right, guys, be good. And I grabbed my bag and I walked out to the front desk. And oh my God. Because I had a red eye back here because I had to teach on Monday. I'm like, I would have loved to stay and do stuff Sunday. But yeah. if I did that, I wouldn't get home till like midnight. And then I got to turn yeah. around and teach it the next day. I would have been oh, shot. Been we, had our first, yeah. we had our first game of the year that Monday, the 7th. And oh. that was my son's 21st birthday. I was like, I, I got to be home and relax. So,
1: right. But it, I mean, it was... It he I, so I was, he was one of the lucky me, he's ones like
2: wait a minute I didn't even get to see you I'm like yeah I'm sorry I, yeah.
1: <laughs> I was one of the lucky ones I got to hang out with you uh in between mm-hmm. um but of course the question I ask everybody um what mantras do you have or one
2: what I'm trying to get better at and um and god, god bless there's there's a teacher at CBA um well not a teacher she's the head of peer of campus ministry um, years and years ago, we would do overnight retreats and I would help supervise because none of the guys wanted to stay overnight with teenage boys at this place out near the water. It was a, it's a beautiful place, but anyways. Yeah, but that's
1: just, no. no. So one time
2: um, stuff was going on, so I wasn't asked to be a speaker, but I, I got up in the middle of the thing. I'm like, hey guys, if, if we're out here and we're doing this, you need to invest. invest. I mean, you've got all these people coming out here telling you these great stories. It'd be almost like what we're doing here. And I'm like, and you're just goofing around. I'm like, you know, stop being teenage boys. Take your walls down and 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 invest. Invest in this time. Invest in each other and get something out of this experience. So then mm. the next year, the leadership committee was like, hey, I remember what Mr. Jewis said. We want him to talk. So I always get to talk about lowering your walls and being vulnerable and, and you know, being kind. And, and, you know, I'm competitive as there is. I mean, I'm super competitive, like, I was DMing with Frank when we were in the head-to-head finals, and I realized I could have used a pitcher on Monday and benched him over the weekend. I didn't know that. I played in that league for two years, had no idea how to do that. I know, I I know. And poor Peter Criss was like, finals you made the finals without knowing that. I'm like, yeah, Yeah, I might have won if I had. "Uh, Frank
1: um, won that league twice in a row now, and I'm really upset. He beat me in the semis the previous year. I'm like, ugh what I had it that year. I'm
2: super competitive, and I know Ariel was keeping track. cause like Ariel's like, if you didn't beat me, I might have won. I was like, well, it yeah, well, is what it is. But sorry, anyways, Ariel. If some butts yeah. were
1: candy and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. But anyways,
2: um, just you know, you can be competitive, but you know, be good to other people. And, yeah, and and sometimes you do have to lower the walls. Which doing this exact podcast is that the whole format of it, right? Um, and and, and accepting the accepting the risk, you know. I, I was very risk averse. I, I would never, ever take chances. So then, you know, recon for me was totally flying without a net. I was like, okay, because if this fails, then I'm just, I'm just working for the athletic and right. know, I don't know if I can just write once a week. So um, it gives me an outlet and, and, you know, possible future opportunities. We, we don't know what's going to happen with all of this as it comes down the pike, but um, we, we prove that you could just write about relievers and, get at our high point in the summer we had over 700 subscribers just
1: that's wonderful reading about really that's that's fantastic
2: yeah. you know and, and and as a grassroots i mean we just you know and you know i believe in the quality and and, and what we put out and um you know it just represent yourself believe in what you believe in what you're capable of and, and you just you just you do it and, and and again you do have to take risk um and uh just put yourself out there. I think that's the world needs more people willing to put themselves out there and and be good to others.
1: There you go. I absolutely love it. I, and Greg, really thank you so much for being part of the show. Remind everybody uh, what you're doing and where they can find you.
2: (laughs) Um, So reliever recons rocking, Um, you know, on the Patreon, you can find us in any, any format there. We've already put out tons of content in November, uh to get us ready. Um and, and right now we're very NFBC specific. It's not, you know, we that is a lot of our membership drives the bus. Um, but you know, we we cater to all formats. But um begrudgingly I'll probably put out a rankings next weekend just like a too soon, just whatever <laughs> Yeah. You have you know, to do it and then you correct it's for it later. Fun and yeah. we, And once the non tenders happen, we'll have a better idea of them. I mean, the market's right. already been thinned. I mean Hey guys, teams that are contending are paying for relievers. I mean, this isn't like, you know, Yeah, it is what it is. Rafael Montero yeah. could have been a closer or someone yeah, else but Suarez. that we want him in the eighth inning. Um yeah. So they, they gave him closer money, you know, Robert Suarez took, took, took a big pay raise to stay with San Diego because they probably think they can't sign hater next year. You know? Right. So Suarez, those were two guys we were saying early on that could be late stabs that have already absolved, but more things will happen. The non-tender yep. will come around and uh, we'll figure all that out, but um, yeah, it'll be fun. And uh, putting the closer puzzle together is always intriguing. And then I actually get to play in the main event this year. So that's going to be exciting
1: as well, Oh man. Go of the main it, Greg. event
2: qualifier. So um, I'm done. speaking of risk. I'm jumping in with all the sharks. So
1: let's do it. Uh, you don't need me at all. What am I even saying before? I'm, I'm nothing. Uh, <laughs> I need but, all the help I can get. No, nah, no. get out of here. Um, But all right, that is going to do for this episode of Nick Pollock and Friends. Uh, My name is Nick Pollock, and that was my friend, Greg Jewett.